Hello and welcome to a Word for This Day podcast. I'm Jory Schaefer, the show's hosting creator, and it is my joy and my pleasure to welcome you today. Welcome back to all you regular listeners. I'm so thankful that you are here. What a blessing it is to be on this journey with you, and welcome to anyone who has found us for the first time. It's no accident that you're here, friends, so please stay for a little while and see what the Lord has for all of us today as we think about the truth that is in His Word. And oh, all of God's Word is truth. Every bit of it is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. But this verse today is so important uh, as to the foundation of of Christianity and what God has done for us through Jesus. Um, And so I'm so excited. Of course, you know I love all the words and all the verses, but I'm so excited for us to be where we are today. I want you to know that I continue to pray for you daily. I continue to pray that the Lord would draw you closer to Him and give you more of a desire to know Him and His Word and uh, that you'll see the necessity of uh, being deliberate and intentional about thinking about Him and His Word, not just one time a day, but throughout the day. And you can do that with listening to this podcast, with uh, having your own Bible study reading plan, with working on your uh, Bible memory verse, and this verse today would be a good one, (laughs) and uh, working on your small group lesson, um, your time in prayer, like we talked about yesterday, communicating with God, uh, offering prayers and supplications and intercessions and thanksgiving to God, worshiping Him. These are things that we can do throughout the day. They're not just a little one-minute or five-minute thing that we just do once a day and then go about our business. Uh, being a follower of Jesus is a is an all-day thing every day. And so I'm just so excited to be here with you. Please um, consider sharing this podcast with friends, family, neighbors, strangers, anyone who you think may wish to come along this journey with us and know that I love to hear from you. So if you feel so led, send me a message sometime. Let me know what the Lord's doing in your life as you're spending time with Him. Well, our verse for the day for February the 2nd, 2024, comes from the letter of 1 John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, and it reads as follows from the English Standard Version. He, and that's talking about Jesus, is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Oh, friends, so important, and I am so thankful uh, for this verse. I'm so thankful for what Jesus has done for us, and I'm excited for us to park here and to think about this a little more today. Well, we are in, as I mentioned, this letter of 1 John, and we know that the uh, gospel writer, the apostle John, wrote this letter, and it's not because there's anywhere in here that says, I, John, wrote this letter, but the earliest church historians um, confirm that these letters came from John the Apostle, John the Gospel writer, John the Revelator, and um, there's 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. There is uh, the Gospel of John, and we were there just a couple, three days ago, I believe, and then there is the uh, Book of Revelation, 
And we know that this writer was, as I mentioned, that apostle. He was thought to be probably the youngest apostle called by the Lord Jesus. He and his brother James were fishermen. And they were called by the Lord Jesus. He, as Jesus came into Galilee, he saw, uh, he called Simon, uh, Peter and Andrew. And then, uh, it says going on from there, he called, uh, two brothers who were in their boat with the boat of their father. It's James and John who were sons of Zebedee and they were fishermen. They left everything and followed him. John describes himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved, and I've mentioned this before, and I will continue to mention this, that I don't think it was because he was arrogant. I used to think that. I thought, wow, that's that's thinking kind of highly of yourself, but I do not think that now. I think he knew the weight and the depths of what Jesus had done, and um, all of us can say, all of us who are believers and followers can say that we are in, uh, we are the beloved. We are that in that group that Jesus loves if we follow him, uh, because he does. He, he, he loved the whole world uh, that he died for us, and not uh, everyone will accept that, uh, but for those who do believe, he gave, he gave the right to be called children of God, and so I'm just so thankful for that. As I mentioned, John was thought to be the youngest disciple that was called and then the longest surviving of all the disciples. It's thought that he wrote this letter uh, probably in his 80s or 90s, and uh, he wrote the book of Revelation that comes after this while he was cast out on the Isle of Patmos um, in the second and third uh, John letters, um, he's described as the elder. So he was seen as one who was an elder. And, you know, think about what uh, he saw. He was an apostle. He was uh, chosen from Jesus's disciples. And then that apostle group was given authority to cast out uh, unclean spirits. He was. They were given authority to heal diseases and afflictions. They were uh, with Jesus during his three-year earthly ministry. They saw him. They heard him speak. They saw the miracles. They saw him be crucified and die on that cross. In fact, while Jesus was on the cross, he looked to John, this disciple, this apostle, and looked to his mother, Mary, and said, woman, here is your son. And uh, to John, this is your mother. And uh, scripture records that uh, from that day forward, John took uh, Mary into his home and took care of her. So Jesus entrusted the care of his earthly mother to this man. Uh, but they saw uh, him in person. He testifies to this. And we see that in the beginning in uh, in uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, but also in the beginning of this letter of 1 John. And I want you to hear that. He says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it, and testify to it, and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father, and was made manifest to us. 
That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. John wanted people to know. And if you look over, we talked about where he mentions his purpose statement and the reason he was writing in his gospel. He also does that in this letter in John chapter, 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. He says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. He wanted people to know that if they believed in Jesus and they followed Jesus, that they could have eternal life. And it was just so, um, so important. It was so much on the forefront of his ministry. And I'm thankful for that. Because as we've talked about, and, and it will come into um, what we're talking about in our verse for the day t- uh, today, but as we've talked about previously, there is nothing that we can do to earn this gift of salvation. We didn't deserve it. We can't work hard enough to get it. We can't be good enough to get it. There is nothing you can do. You know, the world's false religions um, will uh, are all works-based and performance-based religions. People working hard, trying to do enough mission trips, trying to give enough tracks, trying to... Um, do all the things to earn a spot in heaven. You can't do it. It all comes from him. It's a gift. Like we read in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. If we hop over there real fast, it says, uh, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So John wanted them to know that it is all based on faith. It has always ever been based on belief and faith. And so I think that's why he said, um, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. It was about faith with Abraham. It was about faith with Noah. It was about faith with all the ones. Um, You just couldn't earn it. That's why we couldn't be made righteous by following just the law. Um, Only Jesus could follow the law perfectly. Only Jesus could walk on this earth and live a completely sinless life. And that's why he was able to offer himself as a sacrifice to pay the penalty that we owed. And some people say, well, why do we owe a penalty? And it's because all of us are sinners. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, as we read in Romans chapter 3, 23. Um, And the wages of sin is death. What we deserve because we are all sinners is death and punishment. Um, But God loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us to pay that penalty. And that's what we talk about in our verse. So I want to hop over here um, and let's look right here. I'm going to back up to 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, and read forward to the beginning of chapter 2 so you can hear his train of thought. We talked about at the beginning of this letter of 1 John how John was testifying that he that he had seen, he had heard, he had touched this one who uh, was from the Father, this one who was manifested to them. But listen to this in verse 5. He says, This is the message we have 
heard from him and proclaimed to you, God is light, and in him there is in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. It's not just some sin, it's all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And I just have to pause there. There are people who will say, well, I'm not a sinner. I've not sinned against anyone. Well, yes, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None of us has walked completely righteous and none of us is completely good on our own. And we've talked about that before as well. And I love this verse 9 of 1 John uh, chapter 1. It says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And then in chapter two, he says, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And then here's our verse for the day. He's the propitiation for our sins and not for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. I'm just so thankful for that. So do you see John's train of thought here? He's saying, you know, if we continue to practice sin, if we continue, and if you look in the Greek, it's that purposefully continuing, willfully continuing to sin against the Father. Um we are not uh, of him. We are not united with Christ if we do that on purpose. Um, and he's saying, I'm writing these things to encourage you not to sin. But if you do, because he knows we all do sin, sometimes unintentionally, sometimes being careless, sometimes being weak. Um, but it's the it's the purposeful, willful sin that gets us into even more trouble. But he's saying, but if you do sin... We have an advocate, excuse me, we have Jesus Christ the righteous who will go before the Father and plead on our behalf. It's like what we see in a courtroom, someone being an advocate for another, someone speaking for another and saying, I'll take care of this. And then that's what we see in verse two, our verse for the day. He, Jesus, is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. That word propitiation means appeasement or satisfaction. You know how we talked about that the wages of sin um, is death. So that what is deserved uh, for sinners, what sinners deserve is death. And the way uh, to pay that debt that is owed um, is with a life. Um, You can't pay money for it. You can't do enough good things, like I said, to earn it. You there, There's just nothing you can do um, but a sinless, spotless lamb could, uh, that, that blood could be shed 
And we're talking about the Lamb of God here. You know, we spent a lot of time in Hebrews last year. I believe it's, uh, as I'm thinking about, somewhere in chapters 9 through 11 and chapter 10. Yes, uh, especially in chapter 10. But it talks about uh, the writer to the, uh, the letter to the Hebrews was able to go back and show um, people who would have known about that Old Testament sacrificial system and how uh, sacrifices had to be made, blood had to be shed to make atonement, to make a covering for sin. But those had to be repeated over and over and over and over again. The one-time killing of an animal and shedding his blood and putting that on the altar and and such did not... uh, forever and ever and ever way uh, forever and ever take away the sins of the people but jesus's sacrifice was better he was the better high priest he was the better mediator as we've talked about the theme of hebrews his is you know how jesus is better so when he laid down his life as that lamb of god and shed his blood it was a one time for all sacrifice that didn't have to be repeated it was perfect and it was for everyone who would accept it it was for the whole world if the whole world would accept it and that's what we see here um in this verse but he was that propitiation he was that um that appeasement that satisfaction of that the penalty had been paid the debt had been paid the ransom that had been owed was paid we'd been bought back we've been redeemed and that's because of jesus's blood that's because of what he did for us and so um this john is saying you know if you do sin we have an advocate jesus christ that uh, righteous and not only does he go to the father uh, on our behalf but he is the one who paid the price He was that satisfaction. He was that appeasement for our sins. But it's not just for us, but it was offered for the whole world. Now, some will look at that and say, well, see, if he's offered it for the whole world, then everyone's covered. No, we have to accept it. You have to believe. You have to deny yourself, pick up your cross. In other words, realizing what Jesus has done accept that free gift of grace, not refuse it, not rebel against it. And then follow him. There are those who will refuse and rebel and reject this gift that has been given. Um, and that just breaks my heart. And Jesus has talked about that. He, he said there will be some who will say, I, I um, visited prisoners. I fed people. I did all these things in your name. And he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. You have to know him. You have to accept him. You have to confess that you're a sinner. You have to turn away from your sins. You have to accept that gift of grace. And that's how we are saved. And so um, it's available for everyone who will accept it. And even like we read, I believe it was over in Second Timothy yesterday, no, First Timothy yesterday, where Paul was writing to Timothy and we talked about how it was good for us to uh, offer prayers and supplication and intercession and thanksgiving. And in verse 3 of First Timothy chapter 2, it says, This is good for us to do those. And it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. He desires that for everyone, but not everyone will. And Jesus had even uh, talked about that, about how the 
the way is is narrow and straight and few will find it and it's broad um, that leads to destruction but oh friends if you've heard the good news accept it accept Jesus believe what he's done it is not hard it, it's it, it's putting down our pride it's accepting that we are not uh, able to save ourselves that there is a loving holy God and and his son who is also God who laid down his life for us and he did that because he loved us so and so that that relationship could be restored you know that relationship that was broken in the garden could be restored and that we could come back to him and he's so gracious so gracious to have done that for us and so give him thanks for what he's done and then um tell others about it. Tell others about this one who is our advocate, who is that propitiation, who has paid that price for us um, so that they can know him, so that they can believe and have eternal life. Blessings to you, friends. Until next time.